And we are live for the 58th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And tonight, it's me, Andrew, and G. What's, What's up, up, man? Been too long. It, ha- it really has been. We, we've, been sl- we've been slacking the n- another return, but, you know, guys, we're, we're returning with some good news, some good vibes. Uh, the Yankees had a hell of an offseason, um, obviously. F- Guy named Garrett Cole just so happened to is he put good? the pen. Up. Um, I th- I think I'm kind of a casual, so I, I really don't know. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of just watch the playoffs. Yeah, you know, but uh, he I, apparently he's pretty good. Um, some guy named our old shortstop just got inducted in the Hall of Fame uh, yesterday. So that's Jason Nix. Um, mm-hmm. Stephen Drew, no, no, uh, Derek Jeter. His <laughs> name's Derek Jeter. He's got inducted in the Hall of Fame. And turns out the Astros were cheating their asses off, right? So a lot, a lot happened this offseason. I mean, this was probably the most eventful MLB offseason I can remember, right? I mean, usually MLB offseason is pretty quiet and you know, not, not a whole lot happens. But I mean, this offseason between you know, us getting coal and the whole sign stealing scandal. I mean, the MLB has literally been like at the forefront of the sports world. It's crazy, but yeah, man, a lot of good, great off season for the Yankees. Uh, you know, guys like Gardy and Chappie re-signing, uh, new pitching coach. Lots, of, lots to look forward to. I think, I think we're exactly a month away from the Yankees' first spring training game. I believe. I think it's the twenty second of February. They play the Blue Jays. So. Gonna be here before we know it, but uh, guys, how are we doing tonight? How how are we feeling? Been one hell of an off season, man, and and like you said, um, just been been a whirlwind of activity. Um, big big stories seemingly every week, um, and then not even to mention the the day that Twitter was thrown into absolute chaos last week <laughs> with the whole potential uh, buzzer gate and all that other nonsense with the. The supposed Beltron needs to kind of—it's just been—it's just been a wild off season. Absolutely wild, and just think, last year at this time, Harper and Machado still weren't signed, right? Like it literally took Harper and Machado nearly the entire off season to even sign with the team. That was supposed to be—I think like it was the, about this time last year. Yeah, where we I was about to say Lemayhu, and people mm-hmm. just had a meltdown. Of course, you know, yeah, went on to finish what fourth in the AL MVP voting, but like yeah, he wild. Decent. He was decent. Uh, G. How you, how you doing tonight, Jay? I'm good. I'm good. I think, um, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to it. Looking forward to the season getting here because, uh, you know, it's been maybe a really troubling and in some ways pretty bad off season in terms of like, you know, the health of the game and put that in quotes if you want. But the Yankees themselves in terms of, you know, the team and, you know, competition against them have had a pretty damn good off season. So. I'm I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into the whole MLB cheating, sign stealing, Astros cuck situation. But huh. let's just start off with Derek Jeter getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. Um, one vote short of being unanimous. Obviously, uh, would love to know who that guy is because he's he's got he's got to be just the biggest boomer on the face of the earth, right? I mean, like. Ha- to, to just be that guy is just incredible. But, you know, not to focus on him. Derek Jeter, Hall of Fame. Uh, we all knew it was happening. We all knew it was coming. But it really just puts into perspective when, you know, 
obviously five years, right? A guy needs to not play. And you kind of just think to yourself, like, you know, all of us are old enough to remember years and years of Jeter being the shortstop. And you kind of just say to yourself, like, damn, it's really been five years since, you know, the last time Jeter played. Like, it doesn't feel that long. But, you know, just watching some of those highlights, watching some of those clips that were being put out pretty much all week, it, it really just gave you the feels, man. It really just you just really almost forget how great of a shortstop that guy was, how consistent he was just like, I, I knew it would happen. Cause, Cause you know, anytime there's been like a big Jeter ceremony over the last few years, all the Twitter, all the Twitter losers, all the analytical nerds come out and say that actually Jeter was the worst shortstop in the history of baseball. You know, like, Oh, Jeter, like the guy sucked. He was the, actually the worst defender ever. And it, like, it's just amazing to me because was Jeter's defense, like, ever a problem other than his last two, three years in his career when he was clearly just past it? Like, was was it ever a problem in his career? No, it wasn't. And it's all these kids who literally aren't even old enough to remember prime Jeter who don't even watch baseball or don't even like baseball who just claim that Jeter was just a terrible shortstop and doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. It's just incredible. Right, like we love stats here, man. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, when you get people who who never actually watched this guy play or watched the last few years of his career, quoting you defensive run stage stats, when you, quoting UZR stats, but like, did you watch him? Did you see the flip play live? Did you see him dive into the stands? Did you see him fall backwards in the playoffs and in, into the camera? Well, um, these are iconic moments that won't wear on those on those stats. You know what I mean? They don't. You know, have like big impact in, in his overall defensive metrics, but like the guy made iconic plays in the franchise's history, stuff that we'll remember and will be talked about for, for hundreds of years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's annoying. Um, like, because Andrew said, you know, people who want to read you off just a bunch of stats and they didn't even really watch them, like, that's definitely annoying. I think for me, like, you know, you have like a franchise great player. The Yankees have had a lot of them. Jeter, you know, the most recent one to, you know, to go away. Like, and the Yankees have had a lot of good moments, you know, a lot of fun, you know, really exciting moments as a team the last couple of years. But then, you know, you have all these Jeter highlights back, you know, back in the media, back, you know, watching, and you kind of start to remember, like, you know, damn, like you realize what you've been missing. And, you know, it's for Jeter, you know, he he retired and then he quickly caught on with the ownership of another group. So he didn't really, you know, he's a private guy anyway, but, you know, he didn't really come back to stuff like he he kind of just disappeared pretty quickly out of our minds. And I think it's good for people to, you know, just purely for baseball, just see the highlights. Remember just how awesome this guy was. And really just I mean, he never obviously Jeter never had that big huge year where he you know 40 homers and just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball but man he was just consistent every year like every year you knew what you were getting out of him and that's just what you loved about Jeter and he did it for you know almost two decades right it, just consistency is just so overlooked in like sports nowadays right like so many guys are just will have two three great years and then the rest of their careers will just you know whether it's due to injury or just whatever they just won't be good and, and you know what? A lot of analytics will, will, will analytics people will, will trash people who have longevity because mm-hmm. you can't sustain. You know, the big argument when you talk to people about 
you know, this person's Hall of Fame worthy is is the peak, and typically the peak is classified as like the seven best years of your career or something like that. I mean, a player who goes for twenty years um, can't possibly sustain that level of play. Mike Trout won't be able to sustain this level of play eight nine years from now, right? I mean, it, it's it's one thing that absolutely baffles me is people who will get on a guy like like Derek Jeter. I mean, even to a even crazier extent, people say like Pete Rose is like gross over. I mean, the guy Pete Rose played for what like thirty years, um, and you don't become you know, his all-time hit king by by not playing more games than anyone else in the history of the game. But Jeter gets crucified because of his longevity and the fact that he kind of fell off at, at the end, which and it's just so absurd. I mean, he Jeter's last couple of years maybe were a little bit, you know, they're definitely a little bit interesting, like. I thought, um, and, you know, even after the, like, um, you know, he broke his ankle, like, that was probably the end of it. Like, you say, if you want to compare, like, you know, you know, an athlete who's never the same after, like, the, the devastating injury, like, but he's still, you know, like you said, you can't really knock him for that because who, you know, who else plays shortstop until they're 40, like, for 20 years? No one else was really doing that, like. You know, it's it's not fair that you would just read off a statue and be like, oh, well, his UZR or whatever, like, you know, it stunk that year at the very end of his career. So he clearly wasn't a good shortstop, like certain stuff that, you know, you maybe have to quantify or just, you know, add your own certain weight to it because no one else plays shortstop until they're 40 and plays it, you know, at a representative level. Like, you know, he never had that great of a range, but he just made you know, he was routine, you know, he consistently made the routine plays like, you know, just the longevity alone is to be commended. Yeah. And you said it, I mean, the fact that he stayed at shortstop his whole career and he was insistent that he's not going to move. Even Cal Ripken Jr. moved to third base at the end of his career. All the great shortstops have moved to either second or third or, or DH or, or I, you know, I didn't like Robin Young play some, some right field or something like that too. Like there's no shortstop in the history of the game. Um, at least in the in the modern era, that that has played as long as many games at one position as like Derek Jeter did, and he carried his uh, at least his offensive production through his entire career. Mm-hmm. Just just again in terms of like consistency, like you know, and some of it, you know, some some guys just have a knack for this more than others. Like his games played. For a guy who played until he was 40, who had a really serious injury two years before the end of his career, like, for, like, seven or eight years in a row, like, or, you know, nine, you know, let's see, like, seven out of nine years or something like that, like, he played, like, 150-plus games. And he played 159 games in 2012 and broke his ankle, like, and came back, you know, the next year he was hurt on and off, like, the year, the last year of his career, he still played 145 games. Like, he was just always there. And always available. Yep, he, he was. And, like, it, it really just, watching those vids, like, I, I've watched so many Jeter vids the last day or so, just, you know, they were all over Twitter, they were all over YouTube, they were everywhere. And, like, the, all the stats about, you know, regular season versus postseason, how they were just identical. It, it really is just unbelievable. Like that more than anything, because he, you know, he played. I think it, he ended up playing what a full season, basically, of postseason games. I think it was one fifty eight was the number, and 
really just I, I always love guys who their play just either elevates or just stays exactly the same when postseason comes around. And that was always Jeter, always. And oh, I like I still remember him going down with that ankle injury in 2012. That was just because you just kind of knew, right? Like you knew, like not only that that series was over, but that was probably just the end of Jeter. You know, that was that that was so rough, but. That was really difficult, really terrible to watch. Yeah. Um. So, have we officially found out who the one voter was, or that we're just never going to know? I feel like well, all public ballots get released in about two weeks, so we should okay. know then. Okay. I think not that we're going to have to like belabor this, but you know that guy's going to get a lot of flack if and when his ballot comes out. But He's, like, when that guy's going to get a lot of publicity, which is probably what he wanted. That's yeah. What he wanted. But yeah. that's so stupid. Like this, the whole. Post, you know, a uh, uh, Hall of Fame voting system has come under fire. I think very deservedly so. Like, but it's just stupid. Like, you know, not yeah, to be like this guy's making it about himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, not to be like, oh, everyone else did it, so you should just do it. Like, if you don't believe that he was a Hall of Famer, then just come out and say it. But like, to to you know, the the whole thing where people are like, oh, well, I think he's a Hall of Famer, just not this year. Like, that's stupid. Like, to just be like, all right, well, is he a Hall of Famer? Okay, yes. So why is he any more or less of a Hall of Famer in year two than he is in year one? Like, if he's a Hall of Famer, just, like, some point, at some sometimes I think, be like, oh, he has 10 years. Like, you know, I think that's, like, it messes with the whole thing. Like, there should be, you know, more of an impetus to just be like, is he or isn't he? And you have to decide and not play games with it. Yeah, the MLB Hall of Fame is just, they, they've got a lot of things to figure out. You know, it's just one of the most inconsistent voting processes. Like you'll, you'll have these guys, you know, they were talking about on MLB network and, you know, they were saying like, Oh, like I, I don't even like, I think it was Ken Rosenthal who was basically saying, I don't even know like what, like my procedure is in terms of like voting for guys who like, I knew like did steroids and whatnot. Cause like it really, like a guy like Barry Bonds, like for whatever you think about him, like, look, man, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, he won seven MVPs. Like, I, I don't care if he was juiced to the gills. Like, he, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, it, it's it's stupid. It's you know what, man? Like, and I know that like this is kind of we'll get into this later, but the whole Astros thing and like them cheating, it made me just say like, yeah, put put Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't care. Like the cheating is clearly a part of baseball. Like the, this is just like this whole Astros thing, like all the shit they were doing it, 10 times worse than any steroid you could take, you know? So it's really just made me say like, not that, not that and, steroids just mean nothing, you know, and if you did steroids, it means nothing, but it's and, like, well, I think we realize now there's way worse shit that guys have done and are, have been doing for the last few years, you know? Yeah, I, think I don't know. It's just it's off it. my position on steroids. I don't know. Talk more about it later, but like all the all the players have echoed similar stuff as it relates to you know steroids versus sign stealing and, and other stuff. The players that have come out with their opinions since the Astros stuff have kind of echoed that. Mm-hmm. Andrew, any any thoughts? Now we'll get more into the the Astros debacle. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, should we talk about Garrett Cole? Yeah, I still don't know who that is. Yeah, that? Um, I don't know. He just signed a nine-year, $324 million deal with us. So. Wait, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What was that number? Um, I think it's I, there's, 
I think it's three point two four. Got it right. There's got to be a decimal in here. There's no 3. way we have three point two four. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean that makes more like, sense because because I, I I I was told the house cheap, so I, I can see well, it giving it three. Well, that makes sense. Now, but Garrett, guys, I mean, just we, I don't even think. I mean, it's at the point where we don't even need to like introduce it. Thoughts about Garrett Cole being our ace for for the next decade? I obviously would have rather have had Bryce Harper for thirteen years, but I mean that's just me. Bryce and and Manny and Corbin. Oh God! I Although mean, Corbin did pitch well for the Nationals. Not that they're not good. I was about, players, to, say, like, I was about to say, but like, tell, really tell me how much. Like Cashman looks like an absolute ace now, and you know there's no guarantee that you're going to get anyone by waiting to a certain year for a certain free agent. But like, you know, they were clearly holding their water for when, you know, a guy, and you know, you could. Cashman said, you know, like Hal said, just go get me that guy, right? Like, you know, they could have signed Harper. It's not like they weren't lacking, you know, they were lacking in cash. Like, they could have signed any of those guys, but a guy, and it's like twofold, right? Because everyone says they need to get an ace pitcher. People are crying poor that they're not signing for agents. And they got both. They got an ace pitcher that they signed to an outrageous contract as a free agent. He's an absolutely perfect fit, and the Yankees fans can shut the hell up about it now. Well, you know that's not going to happen, G. Um, no, yeah, no, I mean, they'll, 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 they'll find ways to complain about John Carlos Stanton's contract. They'll yeah. find a way about talking about how Aaron Judge didn't get more money in in his first year of arbitration. There's always something, you know. Always, always. And Aaron Judge and his arbitration, which could have directly resulted from the Astros thing. But yeah, no, the the, Cole, the whole Cole signing was awesome. Uh, his press conference, he killed it with the sign. Mm-hmm. He, he uh, aced that, that was an, conference. That was an awesome moment. Um, yeah, man, it's just it. Re- it's almost like you know, like me and Andrew are both Nets fans here. It kind of reminds me of like KD being on the Nets. Like it still just feels surreal, just because he hasn't played a game yet. You know, he's been injured, and that's just how I felt with Cole all off season. Like it still just doesn't feel real. It still doesn't feel like he's on the Yankees. But he is, and it's it's just it's not going to feel real. I, even in spring training, I, I don't think it will like you know really hit me. But opening day, I, which I I assume like I I think me and Andrew have had this conversation. And Andrew thinks that they're going to save him for the home opener, but I think he's just going to pitch opening day. I, I I don't know off the top of my head where we are to open the season, but I know it's on the road. It's three in Baltimore, and then yeah, three I was about in to say it's probably Baltimore. Tampa. I want to say, and then they come home for Baltimore um, okay. for. The third series. Yeah, so we'll, obviously we'll see when he, I mean, he makes I his, think... his Yankee debut, but yeah, it, it, it still feels surreal. It still doesn't feel real at all. Um, they, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it would be pretty cool if they did save him, but like the last, you know, whatever the last, like the, the last comp comparable type of signing is CC, and he pitched right away, he pitched in Baltimore. Yeah, I I just think there's no reason to overthink it. You know, just he's your ace. Pitch him, pitch him the first game of the season. Maximize the amount of games he could pitch. Yeah, I vibe with it. Yeah, um, just like obviously, it's going to be tough to keep up his pace that he's set the last two years. First of all. I still, because I I was just look, I was on Baseball Reference like all day today. I still can't believe that they gave Verlander that Cy Young this year. It, it is just like unbelievable. Like Cole had such a better year than him. Like I get why they gave it to him. You know, it kind of was like a like you know Verlander hasn't won many Cy Youngs. Like he probably deserved more. Let's just give him this one. All right, like here you go. That's so you know sad. like 
that that's they they do that a lot in sports, especially with a lot of these writers. But ah, Cole's last year was in the last two years really was just absolutely insane. These numbers he put up, I mean, just the strikeout numbers alone. Like in 2018, when he first went to the Astros, he put up six. He struck out 61 guys in the first month. Like. <laughs> Verlander, like, Verlander's got that. the first month of the season, man. Verlander has the no hitter bias. That's true. Gary Cole was a yeah. Goal, Cole had a .89 WHIP last season. Um, if you're not huge in the stats, just know that's pretty good. You know. And his his one thing that people could point to was he gave up a a good amount of home runs, right? But it was also a juice ball. So yeah. Yeah, Rob Manfred knows nothing about that. Who knows? No, I mean, of course not. I mean, don't be surprised if we're watching opening day baseball and Garrett Cole has a beach ball in his hand, you know, because you just don't know what Rob Manfred's going to do with the baseballs next season. Yeah, um, yeah he doesn't know either. Be quiet. Yeah, that's about to say. It's, um, it, something else I want to talk about. Um, who Who's the number, like, it's obviously, I feel like it's really an open competition, and it's it's really not. It's, it will settle itself, but who do we think is going to be, like, the number two guy in this rotation? Who do we think is going to step up as kind of like, is it going to be Seve? Is it going to be Tanaka? I mean, Paxton had a really strong uh, kind of second half of the season. Like, who do we think is going to be that number two guy? Obviously, we have Herman, who you know, we'll talk a little bit about him later with his suspension, but I assume he's still going to be part of the pitching staff come midseason uh, it's gonna be I, I think it's gonna be very interesting because i don't think any of those guys it's like a set like all right this is like the second best pitcher on the yankees i feel like it's really it's pretty open i mean you did forget the best pitcher on the oh, team jay hat it's the guy I really, I uh, Andrew, I, like straight up, I remembered his name right when I was talking about her mom, and I was like, "Should I mention Hap?" No, I'm not going to mention Hap. I got, you know, come on. Even though he is making like 17 mil, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I think by default it's got to be Silver. You know, I mean, just because he was yeah. the ace before we got Cole, so um, you can't just be like, "Oh yeah, you are number one guy." Oh, J.K., you're now the third or fourth guy, and and obviously he still has to prove that he can. Be healthy at the beginning of the year and pitch the full season after last year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's still he's still the guy, and you got to figure with the whole, the overhaul, starting the conditioning department. Uh, he's not going to have freak injuries two years in a row, right? Um, I, I'm really excited to see what we get with Sevy this year. And to be honest, um, the whole question of who's the, the fine number two, it's it's a fluid situation, right? I mean, yeah, middle no, of the but, year with with guys missing mm-hmm. starts, coming back from injuries, off days, whatever. The rotation actually doesn't mean anything anyway. We could talk. We could talk about you'd line up for an LDS series. But. I was about to say, that's what I was kind of talking about more. Like, you know, because, yeah, during the season, it'll, you know, with, between injuries and just it will play itself out. But, you know, come postseason, like, who do we think is going to be that, you know, number two guy who goes after Cole and who's, you know, who we trust the most besides Cole? Well, we'll see. I mean, Tanaka was, was rocks again in, in the mm-hmm. postseason. And Paxton was the number one guy going into the yeah. playoffs. That's why so you, could, you really you have to make an plays any, plays you can make an argument for any of those three guys, and you know you're really not wrong. I feel um, like people are talking, you know, like people are looking to Severino just because he was like, you know, he was the de facto ace. 
And, you know, he's still young, you know, he throws 100 miles an hour, all that potential type stuff that people still talk about. And also, I think people just generally are already looking at Cole, like he's going to bring Severino along, you know, and be the, you know, be the mentor and teach him how to be a stud and, you know, bring over some tricks, you know, that he might have learned from the Astros or just, you know, you can tell just in general that Cole is a good guy. You know, he likes to talk about pitching and baseball in general. He's a real nut for the game, so... I think people are looking at Severino thinking that he's going to take some stuff off of Cole and just be awesome. And just a word of appreciation for Tanaka. I feel like if you wanted to assign a number for anyone, you wouldn't necessarily need to assign it for him because I feel like the Yankees just have a, you know, like he's just a reliable dude. You could put throw in any game and he would give you whatever he has. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it really is just crazy, though, how. Cole, I forget who's, I mean, obviously a lot of people have probably said this, but it's so true. Cole, the Yankees starting rotation last year, it was pretty middle of the road, right? It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. You'd probably rank it like just outside the top 10 in the MLB if you had to rank all starting rotations. The addition of, the addition of, yeah, the addition of Garrett Cole, you could almost argue they're the best rotation in baseball. Like it's crazy how much an ace just changes the whole perception of your rotation. You know, because before you're looking at Tanaka and Paxton and Sevin, you know, you kind of look at really none of these guys is really an ace. You know, they're all solid two, three guys, but I wouldn't really call any of them a one. But then you put Garrett Cole in that rotation. And all of a sudden you look at, oh, like, oh, wow, this they have Garrett Cole. And then their two, three, four is Sevy, Tanaka and Paxton. Like that's that's a dirty two, three, four, you know, where it's a one, two, three. You're not really as scared. So it really is just Garrett Cole literally made the Yankees go from like, you know, a slightly above average starting rotation to maybe the best rotation in all of baseball. It's crazy how it's almost like basketball. You just add like a LeBron or a Luca or KD to like a team and they become, you know, that team like increases from like an average team to a great team, you know. Plus the benefit of you're taking him off of your primary rival. Mm-hmm. That, that that helps too, what, but I I've said this before. It's just crazy though how it really never even seemed that there was a chance in hell that Cole was going back to the Astros. Like from the moment the season ended, he kind of like put out that letter like, "Oh, thank you, Houston." Like basically saying, "Yeah, I'm out of here. Like I'm there's no way I'm resigning here. Like there's no chance." So it, it leads you to believe like were they were they doing shady shit this past year and he wanted no uh, part of it like as an integrity I mean, move. Maybe. Well, let's just get into that now. I always found it interesting with the pitchers, you know, because they're probably like, obviously, they probably knew it was going on, but, you know, they're probably just sitting there like, huh, this obviously this isn't helping us. Like, I hope we don't get fucking rope for this. Like, sh- shit. Like, like they had to have known, but like they probably weren't in on it. But yeah, I mean, I mean this this whole this whole sign stealing scandal, it, it really just. Because, look, I think if you've paid attention to the MLB over the last few years, everyone knew the Astros were stealing signs. Like, that was just something known around the MLB. Now, did we know they had cameras hooked up and they were banging on trash cans? to re- Like, no, we, we did not know that. Or they were possibly wearing Bluetooth buzzers that butt. Like, no, we, we didn't know any of this. But like you, everyone knew that the Astros stole signs. Everyone knew, like, that was their thing. But... Just opening up this whole wormhole, this this Pandora's box of just shit, it, it really is just... I, I don't want to say it's 
Again, it's hard for me to say it's bad for the MLB because it's brought so much attention and publicity to the MLB that they would have never gotten otherwise. So it's tough for me to say it's like bad, but I mean, it's just it's nuts, you know. Like it's just not like just the whole if the whole buzzer thing is true, and then like you know Altuve just not taking a shirt off. If if all that is actually true, like these dudes need to be like these dudes need to be suspended for a full year. Like I. I, I just don't get how they're like the players are just completely immune to like any punishment. It, it's just it's really frustrating. Well, did you see the Wall Street Journal report today that yeah. they actually oh, negotiated I, the immunity? Yep. Yep. I mean, that is so mind-boggling to me that that the commissioner's office was okay with saying, you know what, you were the direct beneficiary of this, but if you tell us what happened, it, it's like it's like when you get you know, uh, immunity with, with uh, some kind of criminal thing, right? I mean, like like an actual crime. Like, hey, I'm part of this drug ring. I can tell you who the who the, the supplier is as long as you grant me immunity. That's what they got, but the entire team got it. Yep. And you know it's and you know it's just really upsetting. It's the fact that all right, okay, they their manager got fired, their GM got fired, they got fined five million, lost draft picks. It's like that's it though. That's it. Like you're saying, that, like if we cheat our asses off, and it clearly helps us win a title, you're just gonna fine us five million and just you know, okay, our manager and GM's gone. Like worth it. You know how much how many millions of dollars you make for winning a World Series. You know how much revenue you bring to your town for winning a World Series. Like it's a no brainer. Like if this is the punishment that they, like people thought this was uh, like a strict punishment, I really didn't. Like I thought they should have been banned from the postseason this year, and like you know how to implement that is a whole nother uh, situation. But like I just don't think these dudes deserve to even compete for a title this year. Like I really don't. And, and the problem is they're still a really good team. Uh, they they're are still the favorites to win that division. Yeah, for sure. But see, like that's something like not like this is almost like me like kind of like wishful thinking but like it really is going to be interesting like what if the astros like what if they really do drop like i'm not saying like they drop off back to being like a fucking 70 win team but what if like most of the guys in their team just you know or their numbers are just way down like i think that more than anything will just be the indictment of people saying oh wait a minute jose altuve is hitting 260 like what's that like what's happening like, oh, maybe because they're not stealing signs anymore. Like, I, I doubt that's going to happen. Like, they're probably still all going to mash because they all still are very good. But, like, that's what pisses you off about. It's like all these guys are really good hitters, and they were cheating. You know, it's like. I think they, in, in that way, like, their reputation is already pretty shot. Like, and it's not shot in a way where it's like, you know, Barry Bonds was a great hitter, but he took steroids. So he was an even greater hitter, like, you know. They were cheating in such a way where you can't really know. It's like, you know, Jose Altuve in the 2017 playoffs hit like whatever it was, like 400 at home and like a buck 50 on the road. And now we, we have the right to question absolutely every bit of that. Like, yeah, I think the thing that's really annoying about this is that you could tell like the players all knew. And if you listen, like Trevor Bauer is the most outspoken guy about all this to be like, you know, and even, um, you know, listening to some of the segments they did on, like, Michael Kay, you know, and they said, like, you know, 
the teams, you know, they have people that have, you know, people who go to the ballparks and just check them out like before games, like, and report things, strange things back to MLB. And they're like, yeah, well, MLB probably knew a lot about a lot of this stuff. And, you know, it's, they just sat on it or they didn't do anything about it or whatever. Like, you know, Trevor Bauer saying, you know, like this is something that all the players, you know, some certain stuff that you just kind of know within the game that the, the outside world doesn't necessarily know about. Like, I think, you know, if you look at a league like the NBA, you have like NBA Twitter, that's this whole like runaway, like culture kind of thing that lets fans into that. And I feel like MLB, you know, you can look at players on Twitter. They talk, they've been talking about it, like their feelings about it, how, you know, I think the first one I saw was Alex Wood. He said, like, I would easily, easily rather face a guy on steroids than a guy who knows what's coming. Um, you know, I think it, the it's it's just really it's just really frustrating that, like, you know, that they might have known about a lot of the stuff and not done anything about it. And I think. Based on my own, they definitely field. knew about it. There yeah, were they reports, they so. were preparing for this for like a. They prepared that report that came out in November for like a year. You know, they um, were the problem is is year. is that is that until fires went on the record with you know very public and, and notable journalists Evan Drylich and Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic, um, MLB had the same information and did nothing. Only until the actual public report and it was in the print media. Uh, they were like, oh, fuck, we're kind of backed into this. We have to investigate now because, he, I mean, Fire said he, he reported it to the league. He reported it to certain people in the organization and nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, there was that's reports. Why, the that's why Jessica Mendoza's comments were so dumb because she was like, oh, well, he should have just reported it within the organization. Like people were doing that, Jessica, and nothing was happening. Like, don't and how like that. fucking hypocritical is that for her to say that? I get it was on an ESPN show. I believe it was Golik and Wingo in the morning, but she's still representative of the New York Mets. And who was fired later that day? The manager of the New York Mets yeah, involved in the same crosshair here. Like, it's not hypocritical at all. It's just a blatant conflict of interest that ESPN shouldn't allow in their airwaves to be like, yeah, well, what does she stand to gain? She's a representative of the organization. She might as well like be up there wearing a Mets uniform because she's standing for them because the organization had something to gain or lose from that. I think it's crap that ESPN allowed it. Like, yeah, um, I think I, I didn't think there was ESPN quote unquote allowing that. Like, I think they were probably like, yeah, we could put her on. Like, I didn't like, they probably didn't think she'd say something that you're dumb, an ESPN employee. Talk about it. What do you think? Like, and then yeah. she said that. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, Oh, oh. Yeah, because she was immediately backtracking that. But no, like, really, though, it's just like people were doing like, you know, players were like telling like their teams and it's, you know, like trying to keep it in house and nothing was happening, like nothing yeah. at all. It's and like why I think going. it's going to get worse. I think it's going to get sorry, Luigi. I think it's going to get worse because, you know, similarly to the way where fires, you know, like they might have been uncomfortable. And, and going back to the first thing you said, I think there's not a chance in hell that the pitchers didn't know about it. Because how could they not know about it? They're sitting on the bench here and here and banging on a trash can. Like you think it's not human nature to be like, what? Like, what the fuck are they banging on back there? What's the purpose of that? Like, and um, I think you know, there's always journalists out there. There's always people who are looking to write the next bombshell, explosive article. There's a lot of really talented, you know, journalists, and there's a lot of players who 
you know, I think we're going to find out more so. There's a lot of players who have feelings about this, and they have a lot less reason to be silent about it now. Yeah, I mean, like you have, you have a lot of players from from those teams that aren't there anymore. You have Marvin Gonzalez, who, I mean, the Astros pose a very realistic threat to the Twins that he's on now, right? You have guys like Brian McCann and Evan Gaddis, who who both retired. I mean, there's a lot of players on those teams um, that are no longer with the organization and may very well have an axe to grind. Marwin Gonzalez, who was really good for the Astros that year and left and hasn't really been good since. <laughs> I mean, it it really is true, especially for these pitchers. Like, you know, Mike Clevenger said, like, you know, how, like these guys can't even like look like these guys shouldn't even be able to look at us. You know, like these guys are just and I really found it like very strange all off season that because, you know, guys like Bregman and Correa, like they're pretty like active on social media and like, you know, the social side of things like you did not hear shit from any of those guys this off season like it was just eerie how like like Bro, the first I, tweeted in two months i'm telling you man it's uh, like i'm the astros had to have told all those guys Berlin. guys don't say anything don't do any interviews don't talk to anyone don't do don't say anything because they so probably how about knew. Jose Altuve coming out and saying, like, I've never worn any well, wearable okay. technology. That I'm was shy. Berlander, and he's like, we, never... we're going to win the World Series again this year. Well, that was through, like, Scott Boris. And, like, the... and they had, like, a, like a, the, a ticket the... holder event mm-hmm. last the week. The fan fest. Like, yeah, that's, gonna, yeah, like. We're going to win again. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We didn't cheat. Yeah, no, again. that. See, like, that right there is just, like, a slap in the face. You know, like, that. Like, I don't want to compare it to, like, an actual, like, you know, hit, like terrible crime but like that really that would just be like getting out of jail for a terrible crime and then like bragging about like oh well like you know we're still gonna do this it's like dude just shut up like dude like just shut up man you guys got caught you guys just got like and this is the this is the thing that's re- gonna be really annoying they're gonna try to play the underdog card mm-hmm. they're gonna be like oh well <laughs> everyone's against us it's like yeah because you guys fucking cheated you guys got caught cheating and you look terrible that's why everyone's against you like in the interviews now every stadium we go to we get booed yeah, no one like, no was rooting for us the league clearly ha- has it out for us and look we we rallied against against all we, odds to make it, the playoffs like, it seems like the most obvious cliche thing but i really think it's gonna be a factor like they're gonna get thrown at like someone's gonna throw like it's not going to happen like all the time where like the Ashers are going to, you know, lead the league. Like they're going to have like 15 hit by pitches a game, but some, like there's going to be a pitcher that's definitely in the first month or so of the season that's going to intentionally hit one of these guys, you know? And it's, yeah. And the Astros are probably just going to have to, t- like, you know, they're probably just going to have to take it, you know? Because if they retaliate, it's like you, they're going to have to realize, like, hey, if you guys retaliate once, like every team's going to want to do this to you guys, you know? I mean, every time it happens early in the game, and it's it's blatant and obvious, there's going to be warnings immediately. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, they're going to try and do that. They're going to try and be like, you know, have it galvanize and, and you know, be the underdog and stuff. And that's just going to be really annoying because they don't deserve that. Like, um, this is the... You know, in modern history, right? Like, you know, with the cameras and all that stuff, like it's never been like this. And this is the worst it's ever been. It's the if you want to talk about like, you know, the sanctity of the game and, you know, competitive balance, like this is a pretty it flies in the face of that. Like this, you know, is it's really, really bad. And um I the thing about the Astros is that like they did it in two thousand seventeen and they won. 
like, and this is why I think it's going to get worse in terms of like, you know, stuff coming out, like say they, they, you know, they, they got immunity, like the players might not get punished and that's all well and good for them. Like, but I think just in general, you know, in terms of public opinion, especially, I think more stuff is going to come out because it always does in the age of social media. There's always reporters out there who are digging players who are going to talk stuff is going to come out. And I just personally find it very hard to believe that they would have done it in 2017 and won and then just stopped cold and not done anything again. Well, they definitely did. You know, if the reports, if the reports indicate that they didn't stop after 2017, they just changed their methods. You know, I mean, the Indians bitched about it in the ALDS in 2018. Exactly. The Yankees, with you know, they reported the whistling, and AJ Hinch got up there like a smug asshole and laughed about it. Oh like, my God, what a what a pompous prick he is for that. And that's, I mean, the Astros still have a lot of good players, and that's, you know, I mean, that's, you know, it, it is what it is. But like, I think it, you can't necessarily discount it. People like to say, like, especially they say the same thing about Aaron Boone, right? Oh, he's a puppet. He's just about you know the front office. They feed him stats or whatever. Like, Hinch is a World Series winning manager, like. And you can't discount it, I don't think, especially maybe more so with Luno, like the guy who, you know, is in charge of the baseball operations, hires everyone, right? Sets the tone and the culture and the direction of the organization. Like they lost the architect of their whole thing. The guy that turned them from a garbage, you know, trash heap organization to, you know, a World Series champion. I don't think yeah, but there's been multiple reports you know, that, that the whole culture was, was shitty yeah. even outside of this. Obviously, say, you know, you know the, the, the Taubman thing. But then dude, everything. I was just about to say that, man. Like we forgot about that. Like, this whole sign-stealing thing, like, remember how fucking terrible that was? Like, the dude was literally screaming in the face of a woman reporter, like, I'm so glad we got, like, that was terrible. Like, yeah, that story, sure. when it came out, you were like, oh, my, is this is this real? But that's like, the culture that Jeff Luno established, that everything was, su- superseded everything, and you could win at those, any cost. That was one of those stories where, like, you, I had to read it twice because I thought it was The Onion. I was like, wait a minute there's no way that any dude in a position like that would do Assistant that. GM promotes domestic violence. He did it in front of the reporters. They doubled down on it as an organization and then basically tucked back between their legs with, with like a you know yeah. garbage press release. And be That's like, why the problem goes all the way to Jim Crane, the owner, right? Like he's the one who's paying the fine. He doesn't give a shit. He's a billionaire. What's $5 million to him? But you mean to tell me that it stopped at Luno, the cheating? Like he went up there mm-hmm. the second the the actual report from Major League Baseball came out that said Hinch and Luno were fired, or were suspended. He said they're fired right away, and then play the look. I won't stand for this in my organization. It's like if you you're gonna lie to us that you didn't know about this shit either, man. Like oh, I don't you as an owner are just as culpable. You yeah. listen to they did segments on Michael K. Like they did segments. You know, John Boy talked about like you know it's they you know did the comparison. It's like Hal Steinbrenner maybe isn't with the team every day. He's in Tampa. He's in a lot of places. It's like. You look at photos. It's like Jim Crane was with Jeff Luno all the time. Like you couldn't be like around the field, wandering into the clubhouse and be like, "Hey, what the fuck is this monitor doing here? Like, what do we use that for?" Like, yeah. there's not a chance in my mind. There's not a chance that all these guys didn't know about it. And I think it's especially bullshit to be like, "Oh, AJ Hinch tried to stop it." Like. And, you know, by damaging the monitors, it'd be like, dude, you're the manager. These are the coaches and players that work for you. If they were going to, if you wanted them to stop it, you would have told them and they would have stopped it. Otherwise, nah, I, I don't believe it. that. I don't know. Oh, 
that was such a passive aggressive comment on I, I move on his part too. And I, I, I agree with Luigi. I don't know if I believe that that he said he tampered with the monitor because he didn't he didn't you know approve of, of everything they were doing. But it's like, dude, you're still the manager, you still saw it, shut it the fuck down. But like that's a thing, like that it, it had to have been such an organizational like decision. Like if Hinch could have came out and said, ah, like shut this down, like he, they would have just brought him into the office and basically said, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Like, like we're gonna cheat our asses off to a World Series, and they did. You know, and they it's did. It's like Illuminati stuff, right? Like someone in a, in a company realizes, like, oh, this is some funny business, and they get in there in a room with the board of directors, like, yeah, no, so yeah. We, we know we're committing fraud here, but like, we're just going to yeah. turn our blind eye to it. And if there's anyone who's a exactly. whistleblower, we have a, a sniper stationed outside your house. So don't fucking snitch. <laughs> you just like look down. There's like a red fucking dot on you. Like, Oh shit. <laughs> Illuminati shit, man. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, anyways, that's, that's annoying. any, any final thoughts about, cause you know, I don't want to spend all night talking about this, but it definitely is. I mean, it's, you know, well, we got to talk that I was about to, if you, if you literally have a podcast that has anything to do with baseball, like you got to talk about it, you know, anything to do with sports, really. It's that it's been that big of a story. We haven't acknowledged the fact that Alex Cora got taken down in this too. Yeah. And the Red Sox don't have a manager. The, the Red Sox and the Mets. And obviously, you know, the, like the, like the Red Sox and Astros, like 100% managers deserve to be fired. See ya. But the Mets with Beltron, it was yeah. It Especially was such, on the heels of the yeah, players today, it, he was. It a, was such, dude. It was such a Mets move. Like it was almost like the Mets saw, like, oh, the Red Sox and Astros fire their manager, and the Mets like, yeah, we need to do that too. And it's like, no, no, you guys don't. You guys are good. You, you guys don't have to do that. And they're like, oh no, we're we're gonna do that too. It's, only the Mets. That's why Brody Van Wagenen's clown shoes and and the Wilpons are absolute. You know, lunatics here. Their excuse was what that he would get questions about it all year, and it would take away from from the good he was doing. And it would be a constant topic um, under you know underlying the whole season. Dude, like that's the the funniest shit, man. Because like they said that, and I'm like, yeah, you guys will probably have some dumb shit happen to you in like the third week. People would ask Beltron about it for like a couple weeks, and then they would win a couple games, and they'd be like, okay, so tell us about. Uh, no. That's would, literally just the Mets would, caring too much about what their fans think, and the Wilpons being like overly sensitive and reactionary, and that's why, like, only the Mets would get swept up in such a ridiculous thing that they had literally nothing to do with. Like, but you know, they really could have wrote it out, and if the season was going well enough, then people would have eventually moved on. Like, it's not like the Astros where. It was an organizational yeah, thing. Like, look, the Red Sox and Astros, people were mad because both those teams won World Series, right? The Mets didn't win shit in that time, so no one's going to care that, like, Carlos so, Beltran's their man. Beltran wasn't there, though. That's the thing. Like, he's yeah. just starting this year. No, but I'm saying, like, regardless. Like, the whole, like, the if the Astros or Red Sox, like, didn't win the World Series and, like, Cora wasn't involved, like, you know, when it like no, almost no one would care, right? Like if the Astros, and they would still be fired. They would still would be, be fired. Okay, they'd still be like fired. But like, let's say the Astros lost in the ALDS like the last three years, like you know, it wouldn't be like a nationwide story. Like, oh yeah, they cheated, but like they lost, so like whatever. But the fact that they won the World Series just makes it like a hundred times worse. But the Mets, you know, just like you guys were good, but you guys weren't really involved. Like, you know, your manager was a player at the time, like who, like we said earlier, all the players had immunity. But you know what? The Mets are going to Met. So, yeah, Alex Cora, have they, 
have they announced like how long they're suspending Alex Cora for? No, the investigation is still going on. Okay, that makes sense. Because their whole issue was uh, illegal use of the replay room in 2018. So right. it was a completely different scenario. I mean, he's obviously the mastermind behind the, the trash can gate. Mm. Um, so he's going to get at least a year for that alone. Yeah. Uh, and then whatever he did with the Red Sox leading them to a World Series uh, on the backs of cheating, that will just pile on top. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Not great for the core, man. No, I mean, it's 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 not great. It, it, he's going to get worse than Hinch, I feel like. Comfort. Yeah, most likely. Like, I yeah. think there was some silly business with the Red Sox, like rumors or reports saying, like, you know, Mike Lowell would manage the team temporarily if it meant that they would eventually bring Alex Cora back. I'm like, dude, that's like... Talk about the Astros doubling down on some shady business. Like, how... Yeah. That would not be a popular thing, I don't think at all. Uh, it, I feel like Alex Alex Cora is going to be, if he ever does come back, I feel like he's going to be out of the game for a pretty good while. Agreed. And um, I think just like I say with the um, with the Astros, you know, if we want to talk about like you know positive Yankee spin or something like that, you know, the Astros and now the Red Sox, two of the Yankees, you know, perennially primary competitors are a month away from the season. They don't have managers, right? Their whole organizational thing has been thrown into disarray while the Yankees are kind of just, you know, floating along above it all, and they signed the best pitcher on the market, so. Yeah, that, that was the funniest thing, man. Like, the Red Sox, I guess, had, like, a fan day, something, you know, similar to what the Astros had. <laughs> There's so many comments were like, yeah, where's the manager? <laughs> <laughs> and you do forget, like, oh, shit, yeah, they don't have a manager right now. Because everyone's like, oh, I'm really excited for the season. And I'm just like, are you, though? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, uh, it's... Oh, man. One of those two teams is going to hire Buck Showalter. Yeah. Man, like, the li- like it's just literally every old-time manager you could think of is, like, up for those. Like, Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, like, every, you know? I want to see Dusty, good Dusty Baker or Buck Showalter go into, like, the, go into, like, the most... Analytics. Neither of those guys are bad managers, by the way. Just you know, no, like, they're good. I just they just kind of all fit the same like profile, you know. Like the the Astros being the most like forward thinking analytics using yeah. <laughs> baseball. They're getting, like a seventy year old like, in there. Just like yeah, I mean, I, I would argue Tampa is the most analytical team in baseball, but but no, continue. <laughs> right. I mean, that's yes, yeah. yeah. What the hell, G? You got to know that. What the hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> um so guys to wrap up the show do we want to just go over some news and notes and just uh, you know because other things besides us signing garrett cole happened this offseason if you didn't know like we got back our oldest chapman on a little three-year deal right that's very nice um some departures though from from the yankees uh a couple yankee greats are no longer with us uh Greg Bird has signed with the uh, the uh, West Florida Fisherman. Um, <laughs> he signed, signed a full. He signed a max deal to fish on a with, boat every with day. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Greg. Uh, check His Greg Bird. Yeah, check Greg Bird's Instagram. He literally just fishes every day, and I respect. You know, I'm from Florida. I know a lot of people who fish every day. Fishing's fun, but he just looks homeless. Yeah, he, I was about to say, Greg Bird's Instagram is out. on fire right now, guys. Go check Greg it out. Bird, Greg Bird looks like he's been out at sea for a few months now. So, you know, <laughs> hope, hope, I hope he figures it out, though. Uh, 
Jacoby Ellsberg. Let's not let's not pretend like he's definitely going to sign with the Rays at some point. He is. <laughs> yeah, most likely. Um, yeah, Jacoby Ellsbury, no longer a Yankee. Um, Who's that? I don't know. I think he was. Uh, I think he was part of the medical team or something. I don't know. Um, Matt Blake, new pitching coach. Uh, you know, apparently he was one of the many reasons why Garrett Cole came here. Cole really liked him, so hopefully they have a uh, nice little partnership over the years. What else do we got? Uh, <sighs> new strength and conditioning. Yeah, new strength and conditioning. Uh, everyone who was here, out. Um, every, if you were involved in strength and conditioning in 2019, you have been exiled from the earth. Um, Rick back. Did we mention that? Um, Andrew, I'm going in order by the date because Brett. If we remember correctly, Brett Gardner it literally took like months for him to officially sign. Like I think it was like a few days ago. The Yankees announced like, "Oh, we resigned Brett Gardner." I'm like, didn't they announce that like late November? Uh, we were whatever. we were trying to figure out who the roster move would be after they signed Garrett Cole. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, a couple more departures. Uh, Nasty Nestor was out to Seattle. Uh, we into some international signing bonus yeah, like, pool money. Nasty Nestor, it was a great guy and all, but people talking like they're going to miss him, like he didn't have a five and a half ERA. Last year. <laughs> Look, but but they won the games. He was the the bulk Look, man. It, it was pretty fun watching him pitch. He had like eighty different windups and eighty different pitches. <laughs> like, it was pretty, pretty. It was a wild ride. We're uh, definitely going, basing our whole opinion off of Nestor Cortez off of. Like the two or three times he came in behind Chad Green and pitched like three or four good innings, and the rest Ooh. of the re- the rest of the times he wasn't. Man, good at all. I almost forgot. I almost forgot about Chester. Um, yeah. So the correspondence. Chester, <laughs> Chester Chad, and Nestor, bro. That was on. We were like nine and zero or some shit to start off that. Um, yeah. So when we got Garrett Cole, we had to designate Chance Adams for assignment. Um. Perfect. That's so heartbreaking. It really is, man. A few years ago, he was like our best pitching prospect. And now I don't know if he's ever going to be like even in a rotation for more than a year, you know? No, it's so funny. G and I actually met him uh, before the 2017 season, I want to say. There was a a season ticket holder event that um, it was somewhere in Manhattan, right? So it was Clint Frazier, uh, Glaber, Chance Adams, and... Do you remember who else was there? Scarlett Castro. It was Castro? I'm looking up the picture right now, but I mean, like... I might check out, yeah. And, and he seemed like like they were so excited about him. I, we, I, I mean, I said like a like one sentence, he seemed like a pretty chill guy. Like I was really rooting for him, and just it never exactly. happened for him at all. Well, well the, now we know why. He coming did. off of... Um, he was coming off of, like, his single-A... Season and they were like, he had like a sub two ERA, right? He was nasty. Yeah, it it was Stalin Castro, by the way. Like they were pushing him as like the guy, like he was in single A, and that was the year where he like made it all the way to triple A, and then like didn't do anything. But like they pushed him like aggressively because he was like their guy at that point. But that was basically it. That was that Uh, was the time. You know when I, you know when I knew Chance Adams just wasn't good. When I think we we were in Minnesota, and. Who is the lefty that we brought up to pitch that game against the Twins? What was it like Caleb Smith? Was it? 
it was somebody like just really just not good. And I just In thought 2017. My, yeah. And I yeah, just, Caleb Smith checks out. And I just thought to myself, man, if this dude's getting a shot before Chance Adams, like what the fuck is Chance Adams doing right now, man? Like there's no way that like Chance yeah, Adams honestly, is better like, than this dude. And he, I, don't, I think they were right. He wasn't better than this dude because we saw Chance in 18 and 19, the few appearances he made, he was pretty bad. You know, it's pretty remarkable how quickly <laughs> he went from like top prospect to guy who we just have pure dread when he's coming in the game. Like, yeah, but I mean, I mean, look, the Yankees seem to have this problem a lot with with top pitching prospects uh, of late. I mean, James Caprillion obviously shipped out to Oakland on the signing Gray deal. He never became anything. Um, Justice Sheffield was demoted to Double A last year. Um, when he was with the uh, the Mariners organization, um, I mean, it's, people come from the Yankees pipeline have, have struggled. I mean, obviously Severino, um, uh, one of the few uh, the outlier. Yeah, yeah, seriously, and I'm really, really pulling for for guys like like Davey Garcia, and even to a, a higher extent, Mike King this year. I'm really, really hoping for big things from. Which hopefully the you know Matt Blake and. What's what's the name of the the coordinator? The guy they got from Driveline Sports. What was the guy's name? I don't remember. Either way, uh, the the whole pitching operation. Larry Rothschild. Everyone will love to hate on Larry Rothschild, but he's gone now. So hopefully, is he know, in San Diego now? Is he? I I mean he might Where, be. Like he's where's Larry? I think I want to yeah, say yeah, he's the Padres pitcher. Yeah, coach. <laughs> that seems like so hilariously appropriate. <laughs> hey man, Larry's. Chill in San Diego, man. It ain't that bad. Not that I'm I like. Mean, put it this way: teams that that lose Larry Rothschild as their pitcher coach typically have a good. Um, if your recent history says anything, I mean, we took them from the Cubs and then they won. So I mean, <laughs> we hope for the best there. Hey, uh, something to look forward to, right? Um, we also lost the Tarp man, uh, Stephen Tarp. He's a Marlin oh, now. Tarp. No more bringing out the Tarp, man. Same. But yeah, man, just it, the season's getting close, man. You know, we're before we know it, it'll be spring training, and it was, it's, it's gonna be a good year. It's gonna be a really good year. Uh, this is the year Brian Cashman gets his revenge on everyone. <laughs> I don't know how to look at this roster and possibly think that Brian Cashman is bad at his job. It blows my mind because because John Carlos Stanton is bad and always hurt, man. Obviously, don't you know these things? That's a great Nikki point. Nicky Swinger Andrew. told me he is horrendous. He'll never play more than you know, a hundred games ever again. He's the worst contract we we ever signed, even though we traded for him and we traded for like forty million dollars less than the actual deal is for. Um, you know, Paxton yeah, was the most fat, <laughs> the most in shape looking fat and lazy sob I've ever seen. God, dude, Gary looks so cut. He looks, he looks like he's fucking yeah. ready to go, man. And you know what his issues were the past two years? Groin injuries. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that we have a new strength and conditioning guy who literally specializes in, you know, deep muscle injuries and stuff like this and, and longevity. It's probably going to be okay with Gary. I mean, I have more hope in terms of, like, Giancarlo and Aaron Hicks when he comes back because those dudes, you know, being, like, having – you know, huge biceps, like they're really built up guys. Like the problem you know, is, those... is like 
Those last guys, it seemed like the team never stretched, right? Like like stretching before the game would would remove half these injuries. Like especially with like bigger, more muscle bound guys, you see in a lot of these like you know muscle like soft tissue injuries that are just like really, really annoying. Like so, if I don't know, I'm not going to pretend like I know how they're going to change up their strength and conditioning, like con- the conditioning philosophy. But I really hope it hope like you know helps those guys and Gary Sanchez. You know, talk about him all you want, but like he was better at blocking balls last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I said it all last year. I really noticed like an improvement behind the plate for Gary last year. I thought he was pretty. I didn't think he was you know great, like a Gold Glover by any means, but you know, thought he was pretty. Oh, the solid. thing that went down for him was his pitch framing. I think took a didn't hit. Hear a word about it, did you? You didn't hear a word about it from anyone because it's not good press to just you. You don't get the chance to rip on him, so no one really cares. Yep. Well, guys, anything else we want to say? Oh, oh, speaking of catching behind the plate, another key departure, uh, Austin Roman. You know, he was a good Yankee, good backup catcher. Hope he kills it in Detroit. Hope he doesn't beat up everyone on the roster, you know? I hope he doesn't go insane on a 51 team. <laughs> yeah, they're so fucking bad. <laughs> 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 like, they're really bad. Um, yeah, so guys, any final thoughts? Let's go. It's good. To, it's it's that time of year. Yeah, it's good to be back. We're gonna be potting yeah, a lot. Starting to get the feels. Mm-hmm. For, dude, I really am. We're we're gonna be potting a lot more. We're gonna gonna get some intro music, some outro music. Maybe I don't know. Maybe even maybe like maybe even our own theme song. Maybe Andrew's gonna sing and record a theme song for us. I mean, if we want to lose any follower base, we, <laughs> we can ever. I mean, you guys can let me sing, but I wouldn't recommend it. That's a good point. To say. Well, we better hope that some actual news comes out so we can pot again <laughs> two months from now. Uh, there'll, there'll be news. Uh, but by this time next week, it will be revealed that Jose Altuve was actually just wearing a full bodysuit of buzzers and his whole body was just <laughs> covered in buzzers, actually. So, yeah, you know, like, MLB offseason's been pretty exciting, pretty good for Yankee fans. Uh, Pretty intriguing for fans of teams not named the Red Sox and Astros. And, yeah, it's when, everything's going good. When did the Astros come to Yankee Stadium this year? Late, like September. Yeah, I was about to say it's it's uh, not the first yeah. half of the year. Because I, I checked that right away, and it was like, oh, wow, we're that's, I don't have to worry about that for like eight months. So, okay. That's the last ten days of the regular season. Yeah. Um, if, I mean, who knows what it's going to be like by then? But I, I, if if they were coming early, dude, it was going to be an ugly scene. It might still be an ugly scene, but it was going to well, be. Well, put really it this way: I mean, we don't know how good the Astros are going to be this year. I mean, we assume they're going to win the West again, but let's say they're right on the cusp. I mean, we can theoretically eliminate them or take them out of playoff contention by you know a sweep that late in the season. I mean, if they're like neck and neck with let's say the Angels or the Athletics, um, and they lose three games right there at the end of the season. I mean, that could be the nail in the coffin for them. So how great would that be for us to finally get our revenge that way? That would be pretty satisfying. I just, I would, yeah, I would just love for them to completely miss the playoffs. That'd be really nice. Especially after, you know, we can wrap up, especially after Altuve did his whole, like, we're going to win and everything. I thought the most shameful part of all that was like Bregman getting asked, point blank and he literally had nothing to say uh, other than like well they investigated it and the commissioner gave his report and that's it and 
looked so uncomfortable all doing it. I'm like, dude, can you grow a pair, please, and just address it? Like, you got caught already anyway. Like, Yeah. Yeah, the Astros are cucks. Well, what are you going to do? But, yeah, so f- I think we're done talking about how big of cucks the Astros are. So, for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.